Kale and Company weekday mornings, 6 till 10. First in the nation, New Hampshire. Nikki Haley leading 6 nothing as the drama builds. <laughs> Cut sheet coming up, 7.45 this morning. Also, uh, Ron DeSantis, just when you give a nice classy speech and you say you're suspending your campaign and you're going to go back to Florida and do what you do best, which is govern the Sunshine State. And I've said many times, I think he's the best governor in all of America. He botched a quote and uh, people have done their research and we will uh, revisit that quote and uh, point out where exactly he got it from, because it wasn't what we originally thought but before we get to all of that let's get to the news round number two because there's a lot out there at 702 we go to the great don stensland and good morning and in kaelin company news live this tuesday morning january 23rd 28 degrees heading up to a high of 42 degrees mostly cloudy skies we are sponsored by wawa this morning in the news a suburban philadelphia woman accused of fatally shooting her own parents, then dismembering their bodies with a chainsaw, has notified court officials that she does intend to use a defense of insanity. So this is 44-year-old Verity Beck of Abington, Montgomery County, in the suburbs there. And so they say the defense attorneys have done a court filing, have issued a court filing, and say that, in fact... She was suffering from disease of mind. Jeez, you think? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Can you imagine? No. You, know, you no. bring this child, this beautiful child into the world, so innocent. You hold them. You raise them as your own. And you, 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 uh, you, know, you try and do everything to love and comfort and get them an iPhone. Guide them. And then they hack you up with a chainsaw. Terrible. That's another reason why TikTok has to go. Probably a TikTok challenge. <sighs> Chainsaw Parent Massacre. Yeah. The Montgomery oh, Massacre. Awful, man. Awful. Ultimately, uh, the prosecutors there in Montgomery County have said they would not seek the death penalty against Beck, who has pleaded not guilty for reason of insanity, and the bodies of her parents, 73-year-old Reed Beck and her mom, uh, 72-year-old Miriam Beck, found in January a year ago after uh, their son told Abington police that he had gone to his mom and dad's home to check on them, saw a body on the floor covered with a bloody sheet and a chainsaw nearby. And so the son making this gruesome discovery there. So ultimately, uh, it's reason of insanity. The other headlines we've been talking about this morning, as far as a lot of ruptured water main repairs and breaks in Norristown, those are fixed. I know there were some in Chestnut Hill as well, some road closures. And then in uh, in uh, Del Ran as well, they can flush their toilets, but the sinkhole repair continues. So we've got that going on. And of course, today, one of the big stories politically as we march toward POTUS 2024 is that uh, the polls are open and the voting is on in New Hampshire. So those voters and the um, in the first primary in the nation. We also have news uh, former President Donald J. Trump headed back to Pennsylvania when, well, his first keynote speaking event at the big NRA National Rifle Association's presidential forum. That'll be Friday, February 9th in Harrisburg. So you can mark your calendars. First visit of 2024 for Trump to PA. And if I was reading correctly, about 200,000 people typically attend that convention. So that's a big following. That's a big showing for him. 
My only question, my only concern is by doing that, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, are you just placating to your base in that spot? I mean, is are are there more if 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 we're thinking about the razor thin margin of Pennsylvania, which was decided by well under one percentage point, should you maybe not do as much in quote Trump country of Pennsylvania and go to the spots where maybe there are some swing voters out there that can be swayed one way or the other? It's just a thought I was having as I was thinking about the Pennsylvania. Uh, margin from 2020, I think it was what 0.36% that Biden narrowly won Pennsylvania by. Yeah, in 2020. Yeah, um, I think you know he he has spoken at this event before, and there are a lot of Second Amendment into people who are second pro Second Amendment, but oh, yeah. they might be uh, Democrats or they might be independents. So I think he wants to shore that up, but sure. he he has. Trump has said that he will vigorously campaign in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, look, Democrats hunt and fish as well. It's not just Republicans. <laughs> also, the NRA is a huge donor to the GOP. Like, oh, of course. Like, yeah, you got to pocket your money. Probably the biggest. Of course. So I would say that that, that probably has, has a little something to do with it as well. Absolutely. And um, as far as scoring points, well, Joel Embiid making NBA and Sixers history. Very, you know, excited Yet humble on reaching that, reaching the uh, fact that he he scored seventy points. That's pretty. It is pretty. It is pretty darn amazing. I mean, I got to be honest. Like seventy, it's it's the NBA. It's January. Yeah, not everybody's uh, playing defense the way they do come playoff time. But seventy is seventy. And they're still playing other professionals. It's funny because yesterday in the uh, in in the press conference in the post or the pregame press conference, uh, Dave Uran from our sister station asked Greg Popovich how um, Joel was going to or how that seven foot four guy was going to um, uh, guard Joel, mm-hmm. and he had this thing. He's like he's like he's like he's going to take it to him. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's like he did nothing. He was he was shooting over him. Uh-huh. Basically, yeah. it was amazing. I'm actually glad that it happened against the Spurs because Popovich is the king of woke coaches in the NBA. Wemby is that the guy's name? Yeah, Wemby, Wemby. Yeah. young kid. Yeah, I just get get a kick out of the fact that Joel Embiid. He grew up in Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Never played basketball. He played volleyball. He played soccer, and then he was 15, 16 years old and played basketball for the first time in his life. Yeah, yeah. and then Kansas found him. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah late bloomer. So late bloomer, and it just shows you if your kids are playing volleyball and soccer, just get them out there and be athletic, and who knows? Yeah. I Maybe mean, they'll I, play I, in the NBA. I know. I'm, I'm surprised Dan Borowski's not a basketball player. <laughs> He's as tall as Embiid as well. <laughs> well, we are sponsored this morning by Wawa, which is ringing in 2024 in a very big way with any 20 or 24-ounce freshly brewed hot coffee for just $2, including their new caramel cream flavor, Pour more of your favorite coffee only at Wawa. Wawa, thank you for sponsoring our Kale & Company News Live. And the forecast today headed up to 42, much of the same tomorrow. But, my goodness, 56 by Thursday, Friday 60 degrees, although the rain moves in. And then a beautiful 56 degrees and sunny for your Saturday. Kale & Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 7.08 here on this Tuesday morning. All right, so let's get to Ron DeSantis, <laughs> shall we? You know, I, I thought we were done. Mustard. But apparently DeSantis <laughs> is still in the news. This could be the last time we talk about DeSantis for a very long time, unless something unforeseen uh, unfolds in Florida. Uh, so Ron DeSantis, as you know, on Sunday, officially suspended his campaign on his Sunday news dump. He said, you know what? People are watching the NFC Divisional game. They're getting 
getting ready for Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Why don't we just slide this in here and get it over with? Uh, Bloomberg first had the story that the DeSantis campaign was just trying to figure out the logistics, timing, and when they would do everything and where and how. Then an hour goes by, and it's official. DeSantis comes out. He gives a very, very nice speech. I think it was about four or five minutes long. But there was a quote that he used that he claimed was Winston Churchill. Um, do we have that just isolated to we the do. point? Okay. Yeah. So let's play you. If you missed the show yesterday, we played you this in the 630 block. We played it again in one of the cut sheet installments, part one or part two. Uh, but if you missed it, here is what Ron DeSantis said and who he said that he was quoting. Take a listen to this. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Okay. So, let's repeat that. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Well, the internet realized that that was a major gaffe, and he has been the um, the recipient of lots of mockery since that statement and that quote came out, because pundits and observers were quick to note that Winston Churchill said no such thing. And many saw this as a part and parcel for a why. The DeSantis campaign never got off the ground. Now, if you're on YouTube, you are going to see a statement from the International Churchill Society, and it reads as follows. We can find no attribution for either one of these, and you will find that they are broadly attributed to Winston Churchill. They are found nowhere in his canon, however. An almost equal number of sources found online credit these sayings to Abraham Lincoln, but we have found none that provides any attribution in the Lincoln archives. Again, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Remember DeSantis, one of his campaign ads was um, decline is, is a choice. And he's, he's kind of had this same tone and this same delivery, delivery. So this is not Winston Churchill. So where did he get this from? I, did he get this from Claudine Gay at Harvard? Where did he get all of this from? Apparently, if you're watching on YouTube, you will see now, he got this from an Anheuser-Busch ad, a Budweiser ad, circa 1938. Wow. Now, by my math, that is 86 years ago. Look at this. You got a little picture of this guy walking down the uh, down the beaten path in the out in the country with his dog and his fishing pole. You can't tell him there's no fishing. You can't tell him there's no fishing. Live life every golden minute of it. Enjoy Budweiser every golden drop of it. That's correct. Boy, that could be taken many ways these days. You're damn right. And this is this is this is uh, this is 84 years before Dylan Mulvaney came into the existence. Yeah, yeah. It says, "Let the weatherman talk. Let the experts scoff. Youth goes fishing for the fun." of it in all kinds of weather in all kinds of waters the man who has lost the spirit of youth is too busy with gloomy forecasts to gather bait much less go fishing men with the spirit of youth pioneered our america men with vision and sturdy confidence they found contentment in the thrill of action knowing that success was never final and failure never fatal it was courage that counted isn't opportunity in america today greater than it was in the days of our grateful forefathers live life every golden minute of it enjoy budweiser every golden drop of it anheuser-busch st louis 
Boy, I tell you what. No, no, no it, was, the, uh, it was Eisenhower. Here's the thing about this. Here's the thing about this. Nobody would have ever known this if the Eisenhower Society or whatever the hell they were called, not Eisenhower, the Churchill, Churchill. Society did yep. say something. You that's know what true. I mean? That's true. He could have just said, yeah, Winston Churchill said it, and everybody would be like, sure. Yeah, if you, I guess so. You know, Mussolini, Stalin. It's go still a great quote. It is a great quote. So I'm giving him, I'm giving him a pass on this. I think this is... I, I just think this is a bunch of people online who have way too much time on their hands. I, I mean, but going from Churchill to Budweiser, I, I, kind of two different stratospheres, right? Agreed. 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 And this it, is only a controversy, by the way, that lives online. But he, here's here's again, and I think the bigger picture is it's not that he got it wrong or yeah. he accredited the, you know, the wrong source. It's just even that quote, as much as I like that quote, it doesn't land coming out of his mouth. That's the part where I think when he goes back and revisits his campaign, and my guess is he's probably a type A personality. He's probably going to obsess over it. He's going to have many days and nights where he thinks about, what if I had done this? He could sit there and we could hear all these sources from Politico about he didn't want to hear anybody else's um, opinion and he didn't want to take data. And he he was like basically surrounding himself by yes men. But even the most... Uh, type A egotistical person at the end of the day when they're by themselves and they're having a quiet moment, men second guess themselves. Men have doubts about themselves in certain moments. And I have to wonder if these are the types of moments where he's like, you know what, I'm a Harvard guy. Maybe there's just something. I don't know that DeSantis is an elitist because he doesn't come off like a true Harvard, and maybe I'm being a partisan hack because I rip Harvard when it's this, that, or the other thing, but I defend DeSantis because he's a Republican or whatever. There's just certain things that he said throughout his campaign where you're like, okay, I don't disagree with that, but the way you deliver it, it just doesn't resonate. If you're trying to hit a 10 out of a 10, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to hit the grand slam, with DeSantis, it always felt like a single or a double. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Whereas Trump hits home runs all the time. Oh, he hits moonshots. Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying with that. I just think too, it's not like he didn't write this speech. So no, like of he, not. he didn't yeah. he didn't write it. He didn't you know somebody wrote it for him. He delivered it. Um, so that's on a speechwriter or whoever from his campaign uh, for that. So I don't I don't fault him for this. It's just funny because it's emblematic of his campaign. Like Robert Schwartz in the YouTube chat says. Uh, he threw some mustard at the wall to see what would stick. <laughs> <laughs> mustard. I mean, well, and as you said, but you know what? If it's his campaign writers or her, it's him, you've said this many times on the show. Can we check our work, please, <laughs> before we put it on the air and save it? Somebody should have ran that through the uh, the Run. old system. Run it through. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's yeah, you know, it's too late now. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. That's true. All right, there you go. Well, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good ad by Budweiser. See, I could go on a Budweiser tangent here now too. Yeah, I mean, look at that ad. You got a guy with his dog and his fishing pole. Nineteen thirty-eight. Hey, he's got no shoes on. It was nineteen thirty-eight. And now we've if got you, Dylan Mulvaney in ads. If you duck, duck, go it, it comes up. If you write Winston Churchill wrote about success and failure, that quote does come up multiple times. I'm just saying it. It may be incorrect, but it does. Come on. The International Churchill Society is claiming that it's it's broadly attributed to Winston, but not in the exact context in which the Sanctus used it. 
much like Einstein is giving credit for that saying, doing the same thing over and over yeah. and accept it and expecting yes. a different result. The definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people say, Einstein never said that. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, because history is just so we, we attribute things or we say things and we kind of misinterpret it or we say things wrongly and then you pass it down you pass it down like and folklore, it just be- right? yeah, exactly yeah it's like whisper down the alley right i think that's what this was with the churchill thing. yeah it starts off as one thing and then 50 years later and exactly. two generations later it's been totally transformed exactly 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in uh coming up next i'm wondering if this person or the guilty parties will face the same type of treatment. Oh, and surprise, surprise, didn't I call this? That the Democrats would use artificial intelligence before Republicans when it comes to elections? Wasn't that a big concern and fear of mine? We've got the details when we come back. Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I sure hope you make that decision right now to get lasting relief from that awful joint pain. Do this for the new year for 2024. Don't go another year compromising everything because... You're suffering in pain, maybe pain in your knees or your aching shoulder. Just call QC Kinetics now. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative, non-surgical pain relief. Your body has what it needs to restore and repair that damaged joint tissue, and QC Kinetics can make it happen. No drugs, no surgery, no downtime. The future of pain treatments has arrived. This is amazing stuff. Hundreds of board-certified QC Kinetics providers treating tens of thousands of satisfied patients all across America. People with back pain, hip pain, pain associated with arthritis or an injury. And this is not some kind of a Band-Aid. This is actually a revolutionary treatment that gets you moving again. Get your life back. It's non-surgical. So if this is the year that you, and I hope this is, that you decide, hey, I'm going to fight back against that pain. Take the first step now. Call my friends at QC Kinetics. Just get a free consultation on the calendar. Put it on the calendar right now. Call 215-999-3000. 215-999-3000-QC Kinetics. 215-999-3000. Do this. Tell them Dawn sent you. It's Kale and Company on demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Kale and Company Conspiracy Corner coming up in less than 15 minutes as we welcome you back in. Good to have you in on this Tuesday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg, 855-839-1210. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Also, don't forget today, right around 9.53, Today in Music History, the second installment, new little featured element on the program, courtesy of Greg Stocker and Phil Almquist, our music aficionados of the Kalen Company cast, 855-839-1210, the number. So... We've talked a lot about the rise of artificial intelligence on this program, and I have always said that my concern, my fear, is not the robots rising up and killing human civilization. My fear and my concern was twofold. Number one, Kamala Harris in charge of artificial intelligence. I don't want her anywhere near artificial intelligence because she's no match for AI. But also, my concern was that the Democrats would use it to their advantage more frequently and sooner than the GOP. 
much like with social media, mail-in ballots, the things that drive Republican nuts, the Democrats do really well. But when we talk about elections and election integrity and then throwing in artificial intelligence, that should be a concern for everybody. It's been a concern of mine for many, many months on this show. And it came to fruition with the latest story. A fake Joe Biden robocall tells New Hampshire Democrats not to vote on Tuesday. That is a headline on NBCNews.com today. Um, Let me give you the story um, and the backdrop here. And then I have a question to ask. So the New Hampshire Attorney General's office says it is investigating what appears to be an unlawful attempt at voter suppression after NBC News reported on a robocall that was impersonating President Joe Biden telling recipients not to vote in Tuesday's presidential primary, which is obviously going on today. Quote, although the voice in the robocall sounds like the voice of President Joe Biden, this message appears to be artificially generated based on initial indications. That, according to the attorney general's office, said in a press release statement, quote, these messages appear to be an unlawful attempt to disrupt the New Hampshire presidential primary election and to suppress New Hampshire voters. New Hampshire voters should disregard the content of this message entirely. The investigation comes after a prominent New Hampshire Democrat whose personal cell phone number showed up on the caller ID of those receiving the call filed a complaint. Quote, what a bunch of malarkey. It's a bunch of malarkey. Which is a robocall phone message where it begins with that drop that I just played for you of Joe Biden echoing a favorite term that he has uttered before. The message says that it's, quote, important that you save your vote for the November election. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday, it says. Law enforcement went on to say, if you receive this robocall or have more information on it, contact the authorities, and you can also contact NBC News. So I'm wondering... And again, at this point, it's an allegation. We don't know. Will those responsible, if this is found out to be true, receive a knock on their door at 7 a.m. by the FBI? Probably. I'm wondering if they will. Like Mr. Douglas Mackey did in 2016 when he was charged with election interference by simply posting that social media meme of, If you want to vote for Hillary, text 35354 to blah, 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 and vote for Hillary. And remember, the feds went after him. It's a big federal case. Uh, And between September of 2016 and November of 2016, uh, Mackey conspired with other influential Twitter users and the members of private online groups to use social media platforms, including Twitter, to disseminate fraudulent messages that encouraged supporters of uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton to vote via text message. I ask you, what's the difference here? I mean, we're using artificial intelligence, creating a fake Biden message, and telling people not to vote, stay home, in an effort to, what, undermine Donald Trump? Well, they don't know who this these this perpetrator or these perpetrators are yet. Well, they say, according to this investigation, that the phone number behind this... Yeah, but you can, you can make phone numbers go anywhere. So I could... It's like, yes, you could. You, you could, could take my phone number. There's and, technology really? out there where you could make it seem like I'm I'm calling you, 
Okay. Or, uh, you know, you're using my phone to call somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, hey, so are call you from thinking? Are you thinking next level shenanigans that maybe this is a Republican doing this to make it look I like Russians? Biden? I have no, I have no idea who's doing it. But this is my, con- this was my concern though. When we've talked about AI in the past, where you're you're going to get these calls, you're going to get these mm-hmm. texts, you're going to get these emails. Social media is obviously filled, and this is really where. And I know it's tongue in cheek, and we roll our eyes, misinformation and disinformation. We're like so exhausted, and we're so numb to the terminology that's thrown around, the cliche buzzwords. But I saw this of all places too to report this NBC News with it. You know, this this isn't coming from the Daily Caller or or some conservative site. This is coming from you know the left wing mainstream media, and they're basically pinning it and framing it like this is New Hampshire Democrats up to um, you know. Some tomfoolery and hijinks. So, thought that was a pretty interesting story. As uh, Joe, imagine, can you imagine picking up your your phone and you hear Joe Biden? A bunch of malarkey. I'd hang up my phone I mean, right away. We know the technology's out there because we use it. <laughs> like we use it on this show. Michael Pelko could actually—that's what I mean. He could throw off the whole state with his little soundboard at home in Delaware. That's what I mean. So, <laughs> the technology's out there. Yeah. Be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, who? I mean, all the campaigns are saying we had nothing to do with it. Democrats, so so it's just not known. It's just Bob in his basement playing around with <laughs> artificial intelligence. Maybe he should book a tea time with Apelka. All right, uh, let's go to um, Shorty in Ardmore. Shorty, you're on Talk Radio 1210. Go ahead, Shorty. Hey guys, try to follow me on this. About 20 years ago, we were told to Google was pretty much all information. And then we find out over the last 20 years, they shade it, they hide things, they take things off the Internet. Correct? So Google doesn't give you everything. Yep. Now we're being told AI gives us everything, and I'm really suspect of that. Mm -hmm. I am too. I really am. Like We're we're all blindly following along that AI is going to be the the bastion of all information, and you're going to be able to put a question and get the real answer. And I'm just like, oh, that would be, okay, I get it. I understand that. But this happened to us before with Google, and it didn't happen. And people, yep. once they could, they started really controlling it. And what I'm noticing society's doing is we are so blindly in fear of AI, we're not questioning it. Yeah, and you're right. And we also take, and certainly those on the left or those that are um, in, impressionable, the younger generation, they will take AI as gospel. They will use it. And, it, of course, it comes down to who's the creator of the AI. If it's from big tech, if it's from Silicon Valley, you can take it to the bank that it's absolutely going to be slanted left. I mean, there's what do we have that one breakdown? We had a story I don't know if it was ChatGPT or one of these other sources where they asked all these questions and it was something like, uh, is Joe Biden yeah. a good person? Mm-hmm. And it was yes. And then the same question was applied to Donald Trump. And you could see the slant with all the answers. Yep. So I think that's the, uh, the concern. So that's a good point from Shorty in Ardmore checking in. All right. Coming up next as we continue here on Kale & Company. Let's take a trip to Conspiracy Corner, shall we? Uh, not only when it comes to Fannie Willis, but when it comes to the big game, the details on the other side. But first, let me tell you about my friends at the Piazza Auto Group, specifically Piazza Premium Automobiles. As we ring in the new year, they want to wish everybody a happy 2024. And they're excited. And why shouldn't they be? Because they're expanding as they've just welcomed in two new members to their family of premium dealerships. Infinity Ardmore 
and Maserati of the Main Line, both located on Lancaster Avenue. You'll receive the same first-class customer experience that you've come to expect from Piazza Premium Automobiles. You can find your new or certified pre-owned today. How about this? Infinity, Maserati, luxury brands like Jaguar, Land Rover, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, and more. Check them out online right now at PiazzaPremiumAutos.com and tell them Nick Kale sent you. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back in. It's Kale and Company. As we continue, what's on the cut sheet in just about six minutes? Still ahead this morning, Kamala Harris, the defiant one. And also, get ready because they are propping her up as she officially began her abortion tour 2024 yesterday. And that is making headlines. That's right. It's the Kamala Harris abortion tour. 2024, baby. It's going to be bigger than Woodstock. And the mainstream is going to eat it up. Also, Fox News with a very interesting story on a beef that was played out on television that was actually uh, going on in real life with, I believe, the greatest sitcom of all time. Oh, no. That's correct. Oh, boy. We will get to that. But let's have a little fun here and go down to Conspiracy Corner for a couple of minutes. Because I've seen this being circulated for probably a couple of weeks. It really got uh, ratcheted up over the weekend during the NFL games. And it does involve the Philadelphia Eagles, both past and present. So there is this conspiracy going around that the NFL is scripted television. And that the Super Bowl is determined... In advance, okay? So, we have some visuals for you. I think this is a bit of a stretch and a reach. If you're on YouTube right now, you will see this. So, two years ago, in the Super Bowl, you had the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. And prior to that game coming to fruition, the Super Bowl logo that year was predominantly orange and yellow, which coincidentally enough, match up with the Bengals and Rams colors of their uniform and logo. And then last year, the Super Bowl had midnight green and teal or turquoise and red, which matched up with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now keep in mind, these logos are created well in advance, probably a year in advance before we find out who's in the Super Bowl. And this year, which has got everybody speculating, is red and purple with a little splash of lavender mixed in, which matches up to the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, is that purely coincidence, or is this now the NFL scripted oh, entertainment like WWF wrestling? Is this So this is just the last three years, right? And apparently, now I don't know if those three are confirmed because they've happened and are on it, the verge of happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's one going around for Super Bowl 59 for next year on the internet, and there it is, with purple, lavender, and Kelly Green, where people are wondering, will the Baltimore Ravens play the Philadelphia Eagles in next year's Super Bowl? So the one last year, the, Phil, if you can put that back up there, the one last year, it, it, like that's a stretch to say that that is the Eagles' colors, Right. Yeah, Midnight Green is definitely darker than that, and that is not Kelly Green, nor was Kelly Green a prominent um, color for the Eagles last year. I think they used more of the Kelly Green this year. 
I think it's completely of course a coincidence. Of course it is. <laughs> but there are so many people yeah. that every week in the NFL complain about referees, think the game is scripted, it's fixed, it's rigged, the whole bit. I, 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 this adds to their, their thought, though. So the one for the Eagles and the uh, Chiefs last year mm-hmm. uh, was in Arizona, correct? I don't remember. I think it was. Okay. So that's the desert, right? And then you could say that the skyline is like at dusk or whatever. I don't know. I'm I'm just saying that like it would it it would you would really need to take a lot of <laughs> steps to say that the NFL is rigged. Yeah, I mean, think about what would have to happen over the course of the season. If the if the league was rigged yeah. and it was all just nonsense, what you would have to have happen to play out for 17 or 18 weeks plus the playoffs. I mean, what if you're so you're going to tell me it's rigged? It's rigged for the Eagles. What if Jalen Hurts breaks his leg in Week Four? Well, then all all of a sudden the Eagles probably don't make the Super Bowl if exactly. their quarterback breaks his leg. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And and, and let's think about this. The, the, the NFL prints money hand over fist. It's the one league that doesn't need big markets in the big game like baseball. It doesn't need stars like it does in the NBA. The NFL can trot out any two teams, and people watch. It's bulletproof. Yeah, they've they had some of their biggest ratings ever this weekend. The only thing that derailed the NFL for like a year and a half was the Kaepernick social justice stuff, and a majority of you have come back. Yeah, of course. The of data course. just shows it. It's I, look. It's fun to speculate, but I don't put any merit behind it. It is kind of coincidental, yeah. but it is very coincidental. Yeah. Could be four straight years where they've predicted the color of the teams, <laughs> but that's the stuff that lives on social media. It's just they have too much money to lose. Don't, Why would you rig it? You're, you're, it'd be like it'd be worse than Sports Illustrated going woke and then going out of business. Don, you're the conspiracy one on the show. No, I don't think it's rigged. There we go. I agree. All right, just wanted to clear that up for all you internet trolls out there that live for where, stuff like this. We've got another conspiracy coming up later, by the way. Where did this first come up, by the way? I'm just curious. Do you know? I have no idea. I've just seen it bouncing around. It gets reshared. Um, I have no idea who stumbled across this. Probably somebody that hasn't left their basement in years. <laughs> I, I, Chris Christie, I don't know. Who Chris knows? Christie. Who knows? Joe Biden. Who knows where it comes from? But Fannie Willis is saying there's a conspiracy out there. First it was racism, now it's a conspiracy. We'll get to that story coming up on the back end of the cut sheet around 845. But right now, 745 right on the dot, it is time for What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's on the Cut Sheet on this Tuesday? Sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo, where right now you can get a sensational 2023 S60 courtesy of Volvo for less than $29,000. These beautiful Volvos have less than 5,000 miles. Hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo today to get yours. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Check them out at Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Starting with cut one here, Phil. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. Was on with Jake Tapper yesterday, and Jake Tapper asked about uh, why Joe Biden still hasn't visited East Palestine, Ohio. Because, <laughs> you know, he still hasn't visited East Palestine, Ohio. Um, Buttigieg uh, gave the KJP answer where I-, I don't have any updates on the scheduling front for the White House. Wow. wow. No updates. Wow. <laughs> Ain't that something, right? Uh-huh. 
All right, this is how that played out yesterday on uh, TV. This is cut one, Phil, go. Speaking of the president, he still has not visited East Palestine, Ohio. I don't know why that is. It doesn't seem to make much sense to me. But if Congress needs pressure to get this done, why wouldn't he just go to East Palestine and use the bully pulpit uh, the way that, you know, Harry S. Truman would do, try to shame Congress into passing that? Why is that not even like an idea that the White House would contemplate? I don't have any updates on the scheduling front for the White House, but what I can tell you is it shouldn't take anything more than we've already seen happen for Congress to act. I don't know why we have to persuade anybody to do something that members in both parties claim to care about, which is to make our railroads safer. Mm. Uh, President Biden's administration and our department, we're doing it with funding to improve infrastructure. We're doing it with the authorities we have on hazardous material. We're doing it with our rulemaking authorities, but Congress has to do its part. Why would they let it get to a year and still fail to act? Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb and venture to say that if Joe Biden hasn't been to East Palestine, Ohio yet, he's probably not coming. He ain't ever going. I would assume that that is the likely result. You know, it's been a bad, really, if you think about it, a bad year and a half, two years, because remember with East Palestine, with the train derailment, then we had this kind of stretch of all these little trains that were derailing throughout the country and we started to pay attention to that and we've pivoted we've gone from trains to planes boeing alaska airlines if i'm jake tapper i would have pivoted next question what's going on with the airline industry pete what's up with the faa what's up with the dei hirings like i mean you could have a 20-minute conversation if pete's willing to answer any of these yeah all these stories it was in the headlines this week again with those bad plugs Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the the door yes yeah. you're 100 percent right i see this all the time and i'm just it i already have anxiety about flying and i'm mm-hmm. looking at this i'm like who are the people that they're hiring to to check these things well we gave you the story about a week ago uh you know people with severe physical or psychiatric disabilities are now a priority oh. of the faa to hire that's reassuring hey i've got somebody with severe psychiatric disability <laughs> He's going to be flying my plane. Does the person own a chainsaw? That's what I want. God. Mayor Pete! You're listening at the 7 o'clock news. You know what we're talking about. Damn right. That's why you got to listen to all four hours. Uh, big big primary going on today. And when I say big, I mean um, uh, 1.7 million people, I think, is the is the population of New Hampshire. It's basically a suburb of Boston, it's, right? It's, it's Maniunk. <laughs> The Young primaries are underway. 22 delegates that account for less than 1% of the total. Um, somebody from, I, I believe this was NBC News, asked Nikki Haley about, um, you know, moving on from South Carolina, or from New Hampshire. Can she win South Carolina? Um, and she said, this is a process. You got to trust the process. <laughs> you got to trust the process. <laughs> this is cut to Phil. Uh, go. Are you going to win South Carolina? Our goal, I've been consistent saying this. I want to be strong in Iowa. I want to get but stronger in the nomination if you don't win a state outright. <laughs> because I don't think you're doing, it's not just about three states. Then you go on to Super Tuesday. This is a process. If you go in history, this process plays out. Why mm. is this any different? Why should we assume, oh, this time we have to have Biden and Trump? That's not fair to the American people. More people deserve to be able to vote. And I'm going to give them that option. So she is really selling this I'm in it for the long haul narrative. 
Which is interesting. We know there's a lot of money. There's a lot of backers. A lot of money. Uh, I mean, there's people on the Democrat side that we've talked about. Uh, certainly, Don brought up um, you know people more on the libertarian side today. Um, so Super Tuesday is March 5th. Mm. Spring is officially March 21st. The way she talks, she acts like she's going to be around in March, April, and May. She could be. She could be. I mean, look, the when I say the money is she has more money than you know what i mean like she she can stay in it as long as she wants to i think that she just has to make a political calculation on how how long she wants to drag this out because the more she drags it out and gets you know pounded in south carolina or whatever she is you know she's damaging her career her political career am i wrong in saying that i I don't think so. You think she's damaging her career? If she gets, if she, yes, I, I believe that if she doesn't win in New Hampshire, and I don't think she's going to, and then she gets, she gets destroyed in South Carolina, she keeps, it's damaging her political career. No, I mean, if she, the writing on the is on the wall for South Carolina. So I, I just try to extrapolate the data I have now and project forward. What I don't see is if you have, and again, it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, but I think it does tell a tale because you have the polls in South Carolina that say Trump, 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 and you have the four endorsements of McMaster, Scott, Graham, and Mace. If you can't win your own state where you were a two-term governor, Mm -hmm. where does she expect to pick up delegates along the way after that? I'd have to. I have it printed over here. If I can get through the pile, um, looking at the schedule of the primaries, we'd have to go down the list of dates and states and figure out: is there a spot where she could actually crack and break through? I, I just don't see it. Well, ultimately, is she? In other words, is this the division in the party in the GOP, and is she going to stay in it until the actual convention, and then try to? Um, convince all those never Trumpers that she should get the nod. I mean, is this it? So what's what's your end game? In other words, what right. what's the goal? How does it all work? And so is she trying to, you know, is she trying to play this out and say I'm I'm your candidate? I mean, she beat out. You have to give her this. She beat out all. All of the other contenders. Oh yeah! Now she got what she wanted. Mm-hmm. She's one on one with Trump. Yep. And so what? What's her goal right we, now? If she's just going to get clobbered and cl- and she's just going to say, "Nope, I'm going to take it. It's not a KO punch. I don't care because my goal is to get to the GOP convention, right in Milwaukee mm-hmm. next summer. Yep. And I'm going to be the one on that stage, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna I'm gonna make that happen. Yeah, and I'm not discrediting some of her accomplishments. I mean, two-time governor, ambassador, the whole bit. It's just she, she is not what the majority of Republicans want right now. And I don't know that they're ever going to want this type of Republican again. That's the fascinating part when you talk about the divide of Trump versus your traditional swamp Republican that many people have said vocally um, and I just take it for what it's worth on social media, but it, it does seem to be the predominant theme. And I say in quotes, we are never going back to that. that that's what she's but facing. I, but I think what we're seeing ultimately is that this is maybe she goes all the way 
if this is her strategy, then maybe she goes all the way to the convention and keeps that suspense. And then ultimately, is this a real battle between what you're talking about with the schism in the party where because that was the problem with Trump uh, even in 2016. And, And we've talked about this, that there were so many against him in his own party and constantly stabbing him in the back or saying that he just wasn't appropriate on Twitter, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so will the party be galvanized? Will everybody rally around him? Or will we see this this rift continue, yeah. this never-Trumper rift? Mm-hmm. And is that what she's banking on? Right. Well, that's probably what she is banking on. MFM Sparrow on the YouTube chat says it's not about winning, but damaging. Okay. Well, then it's a very vindictive agenda and motive for Maybe her. not. I mean, maybe... I. I mean, I don't, I don't know, Nick. Maybe it, she's not vindictive. Maybe she just wants to win at all costs. I think it's, she be- it's like Survivor Island. I think she believes she can scoop up a lot of the contingency out there that doesn't ever want to slide over to Trump. And I'm not talking about Republicans within the party politically in office. But I think she probably believes the suburban moms out there, she, can get, she probably believes she has a better chance of getting them than Trump does. Which probably mm-hmm. there's some truth to that. I'm beginning to think that she she is tougher than anybody gave her, you know, credit for, and that she is just uh, smiling, campaigning, and maybe she wants to take this all the way to next summer and say, you know what, seriously, like Survivor Island, mm-hmm. I'm teasing for that image of Nikki Haley and Trump on an island, you know, the, the, the last two. And you have like Jeff, what's his name, Provost or whatever was his name. Jeff you Probst, know, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Prost. And he's like saying, all right, who's going to get voted off the island? Who's going to survive? Yeah. Maybe she just thinks, yeah, I'm tougher than you think. I'm going to survive this. I do think she's tough. I do. I, I, she's not a, I don't think she's a pushover. I think there were far more candidates out there that were pushovers in the Republic. You could argue that DeSantis, I mean, yes, technically he beat Nikki in Iowa, but he bailed before Nikki did. The, the, the Republican coalition, the GOP right now, doesn't want a mainstream Republican. They don't understand that. Like the, the, the media, the media and everybody just doesn't understand that they don't want to go back to the old guard. Yep. They want somebody who they, they see as anti-establishment. And Nikki Haley, to them, is it's the establishment. establishment. Yep. So I just don't know if there's enough of... And yet, New Hampshire is an open primary, so independents can vote. Um, so she might get more of the independent votes. But again, it is not... Uh, it doesn't show what she can do uh, in the rest of the primaries because she can win New Hampshire. And by the way, I don't think she can win New Hampshire. Right. And I think it's going to be interesting, too, with DeSantis dropping out yesterday or uh, two days ago, that I I think if I had to guess, four out of five voters that were going to back DeSantis now back Trump. So she's not going to scoop up much, if any, I think, of whatever Ron was carrying. Uh, Well, she does have the backing of Judge Judy. I, I, I mentioned this like two weeks ago. Yeah, this is hard. She penned this long letter for the Daily Mail with her endorsement. Well, on Sunday, she was uh, in New Hampshire stumping for Nikki Haley. Uh, this was more of the fact that uh, Judge Judy says that, you know, we don't need two 80-year-olds uh, sitting in the White House. Uh, she, you know, she knows because she's up there in age, which she says herself here. Uh, this is cut, cut six here. Phil, go. I will say that she had an interesting 
supporter on the trail with her, Judge Judy. She flew up from uh, Florida, and uh, she has only endorsed one person, political person, ever in her life before, and that was Michael Bloomberg. And I asked her, why now and why Nikki Haley? Here's what she said. Joe Biden is now older. I'm not getting going to get into with you what everybody talks about with regard to his cognitive ability. But I know he's my age. I run a big and I said in my art, I run a big business. I'm the matriarch of a family of 20 plus. I make decisions that affect hundreds of people every day. I need a nap in the afternoon. So do I. So does Joe Biden. (laughs) Probably, too. Oh, oh, yeah. Probably, too. She knows Joe's washed up. By the way, Judge Judy has new episodes out. My wife was watching it yesterday. She can't get enough of that ridiculous show. Um, I'm trying to find the Daily Mail article where she penned um, this this story about Nikki. She talks about Nikki Haley uh, exudes leadership. She says Donald Trump is not a leader, um, and there's other stuff that she mentions. It's just, it's I I just disagree with about ninety percent of what she writes. Well, she says she hasn't endorsed anybody since um, Mayor Bl- Bloomberg, Bloomberg. I think, yeah, yeah. Bloomberg. So. Um, you know, I don't know. It's does any is anybody looking for the Judge Judy endorsement? Well, so we've so, got but. Judge Judy's with Nikki, <laughs> Judge Janine's pro Trump. Yep. Uh, we got to get Judge, Judge Mathis. We've got to get uh, Judge uh, Wapner. He's dead. <laughs> Wapner is, is Lance Edo issued an endorsement <laughs> yet? Where's all the famous judges at? Um, okay, so Judge Judy making an issue of uh, their ages, uh, both Trump and Biden. Uh, asking about a cognitive test. We played some of those gaffes from Trump uh, yesterday. Uh, Fox News asked about uh, his mental aptitude and said that he'd win a mental aptitude test against Nikki Haley. Uh, This is cut eight, Phil, go. Um, So Nikki Haley says now she has the two-person race that she's always wanted. She has been coming after you strongly in the past few days. It's worked both ways, um, and you've come after her as well. She she keeps bringing up your age lately. What do you say about that? Well, I think I'm a lot sharper than her. I would do this. I would sit down right now and take an aptitude test, and it would be my result against her result, and she's not going to win. She's not going to even come close to winning. Uh, In fact, when I heard the word cognitive, you know, I've taken two of them now. I took one with Doc Ronnie, who's now a fantastic, you know, White House doctor and a fantastic uh, congressman from Texas, Admiral, the White House doctor, Jackson, Ronnie Jackson. And he's uh, now a great congressman from Texas. I took uh, one then and I took one recently. I think the result was announced and it was I aced it twice. I aced it. But I would say that, you know, I've actually called for a cognitive test for anybody running for president because I actually think that's a good idea. It would be nice to have an intelligent person be president. (laughs) So we've got Trump coming out of the Ivy Leagues and Nikki Haley, a graduate of Clemson University. I I don't disagree with that. I I think Trump would do just a fine job on any type of cognitive exam. People are going to take his gaffes that happen, you know, at the frequency one-tenth the rate of Joe Biden. And they're going to run with it. And they're running with the Nikki, 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 uh, Nancy, Nancy, Nancy. I said this yesterday. It's just not sticking. You know what I mean? Like whatever you can say about Biden, even Democrats are looking at him and saying like, guys, I don't know. He's he's not with it. You know what I mean? Like it's the thing with Trump is just not sticking. So they can keep pounding on this and they can keep trying to make this an issue. And yes, I do believe that the age of both of them is an issue. But but if you're trying to compare cognitively Trump and um, and 
and Biden. It's like like it's like night and day. Honest to God. I, I is it an issue for both? I, I disagree because and again, I'll just try to project the next four years, you know, short of Donald Trump having a heart attack or something unforeseen. I don't see cognitive decline from Trump in the next four years that would rise to the level of a concern on fit to serve while in office. Could could he and probably will he have cognitive decline from 2025 to 2028? Yeah, of course, because he's going to be 81 by the 82 by the time it's up. But what is that decline? If he's 90, 95% of what he was four years ago, four years from now, what is he, 75, 80%? That's still 65% better than Joe. Joe's right now, Joe's about like one molecule above um, pudding right now. <laughs> like, I mean, there's there's nothing left to Joe. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he's like a, sm- just stick him in a blender right now. It's over for the guy. He's done. <laughs> Cognitive decline. Um, I should examine my cognitive decline. I've, I've had a lot since I turned 30 versus 40. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I forget things all the time. Botch names. I have I have a little Joe to me. I might not be long for this game, Stalker. Stop. You're 44 years old. All of a sudden, they're going to be like, Kale's washed. Time to put up a job posting. Um, so uh, Trump has been on the campaign trail, has been calling Nikki Haley uh, by her birth name. And some deem that as racist. By going by her official name. Well, I think he calls her, what, Nimbra? I think he abbreviated. Yeah, I think he calls her Nimbra. Because it's Nimarata is the full official name, right? N-I-M-A-R-A-T-A? Yeah, her legal name is Nimarata Nikki Haley. Nikki is her actual middle name, which her family has always called her Nikki. Okay. Um. So he, Trump, Trump defended this to Brett Baer because Brett Baer asked him about this uh, over the weekend, and this is what he said. Yeah, he calls her Nim- Nimbra. This is cut f- cut 14, Phil, go. said yesterday that uh, she was a globalist fool. You know, back when she was your U.N. ambassador, you did praise her quite a bit in that job, even when she was leaving that job. So... She pushes back and refers to those times. Well, look, she is a globalist. I've always known that about her. And our country cannot be globalist. We don't even have that choice anymore. We owe $35 trillion, and we have to take care of ourselves first. But, you know, I had no wars going on. We defeated ISIS. I defeated ISIS in a matter of months. They said it would take four or five years. I did it in a few months. Uh, And I just took everybody. I was taking everybody out. It was the opposite. I rebuilt the military, but the opposite. And we really had peace through strength in this country. But I got to know everybody, and I got to know Nikki very well. Nikki was not a great negotiator. She had certain things that she was good at, but she wouldn't be good for this job. I can tell you that right now. So when she points back to you praising her, and now she says that you're using a nickname based on her uh, given name, Nimrata. You called her Nimbra in a post the other day. Why do you do that? I do that with a lot of people like Hutchinson. I mean, he was polling at zero for about one year. And I called him, rather than Asa, I called him Ada Hutchinson. And it just felt good to me. And with her, it's just something that came. It's a little bit of a takeoff on her name, you know, her name, wherever she may come from. But uh, it's just what a little bit What do you mean by that? What do you mean? Uh, it's a little bit of a takeoff. I look at her name. I look at a lot of people. You know, I do a lot of uh, names for people like Pocahontas. Uh, she said... 
My mother said I look like an Indian, so I started calling her Pocahontas. <laughs> Some people say I'm very good at that, but uh, I can't get into too many because many of those people that I named like that are Republicans, and we don't want to bring that up. But uh, no, it's just uh, it's a takeoff. I have fun Jeez. with it. And sometimes, to tell you the truth, it's a uh, very effective tool. And when she says that you feel threatened and that's when you do it, you say what? Well, look, uh, she said I'd never run against him. He's a great president, and I would never run against him. I've just put up a tape. And, and you know, just so you understand, but she's way behind. You know, you're talking like, oh, gee, we're concerned with her. I'm not concerned with her at all. I think we're going to win very big here. We won extremely big in Iowa. So it sounded like an SNL skit, by the way. It sounded like Sean Sean Farage doing a bit called Pocahontas. You know, I I don't think he does any of this out of fears or threats that are challenging him. And he's right. He he literally basically gives a nickname or alters the name of anybody that he wants to. And I've got I've got the proof. Here you go. Remishwami. There's one. (laughs) Sloppy Chris Christie. There's two. Sanctus. There's three. I mean, you go on down the list, Ada, Ada, Nimbra, Nimarada, whatever it might be. Her official name, uh, Nimarada Rondhawa, which was her maiden name. Uh, now she has gone to, obviously, the name of Nikki Haley. Um, I think it does bother some people. I, I think when he does that stuff, especially if it feels like he's uh, on the attack personally, it doesn't bother me at all. I eat it up. I laugh. I giggle because it's politics and Again, you know, it's amazing. Politics is a lot like a comedy club. You should know walking in that you should not be offended. Don't be offended by the jokes. Leave your feelings at the door. I think the same thing is applicable to politics, and I think people need to realize that with Trump. He does what he wants. If it bothers you, great. Does it cost him? Yeah, I think it does. doesn't affect me, though. I love it. Yeah, I think... He was good to realize with, you know, obviously Brett Bears asking the, the follow-up. What do you mean by this? What do you mean by that? It just sounds ultimately um, in these serious times, and these are serious times, I think ultimately a nickname, go with your nick, whatever your nickname is, and then just say, I'm kind of, fam- I'm kind of famous for my silly nicknames, but said it are, makes them feel good. <laughs> these are silly, you know, these are, these are serious times, and then pivot. So I was like, oh, thank God he pivoted, too. So you thought it was uncomfortable a little bit? Uh, it was a little bit uncomfortable, I think. Is it because for, he's going after for a, me. a female? Is it because he's going after a minority? I, I, I just, mean, he does it for everybody. He does. I, I honestly think, here's what I would say with it. He's answering the question, right? And and so this is where the media, you know, asking these questions, instead of asking about the border, the economy, all the stuff that matters to all of us each and every day that we're, you know, the, the high energy bill the you know, this and that, and the other. So, so ultimately he can't get caught up in that media net because this is what we're playing. And so what did you talk about? Pennsylvania less than a percentage point. Yeah. He lost mm-hmm. focus, focus, focus. Yeah. She doesn't matter. Nimrod, Nimrada, whatever the heck her, you know, call her Nimrod. Then yeah. you're just going to call her that Then call her Nimrod and get it over with, but whatever she she's irrelevant. Just go. You're the leader. You're gonna you're gonna get this. You've got this. Go after Biden. Um, go after Kamala. Go after this disaster. Just don't get distracted with media at, trying to catch you in their little fishnet. But this is where I think he is kind of changing his path in 24 
remember, on just yesterday and Sunday night, as soon as DeSantis dropped out, he retired to Sanctimonious, right? He now calls him Ron DeSantis. So I think it's nothing more than part of his bit, his act, so to speak, that when you're challenging him, he will do this. But the moment he beats you and he knows the fight's over, he won't punch you while you're down. It's like a boxing match. Like, okay, now that he knocked you out, he'll help you back up and put your mouthpiece back in for you before you leave the ring. Okay, but Nick, enough already. Like, it's too much sometimes. It's like sometimes, and that's just it. And I know people like this who voted Republican their whole lives who I get I'm aggravated with because they voted for like the independent campaign and uh, candidate in 2020. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. But this is the kind of stuff that that irks those individuals. So I'm cringing not for myself, because I know you and I like we understand what he's doing here. Yeah. And and quite frankly, these nicknames, they stick. Mm hmm. Just ask, just remember. And also, it doesn't unite, right? Like, we're talking about Trump trying to unite the party. This well, she's fir- not trying to unite no, the party. She's, she's running against him. Well, I know. She's not. And so I think he should, look, look, Brad, obviously, I, this is, this is one of my, this is one of my techniques. I'm pretty famous for these nicknames, but the truth of the matter is that during precious airtime, we should, what we should be focusing on is the opioid deaths the the unprecedented number of border crossings, the economy, the economy, the economy. You know what I mean? Like, he needs to pivot a little quicker on those because of the narrow mar- margins that we see in these elections. That's all. That's my only point here. Uh, Nikki Haley on Trump using her birth name. Uh, this is what she said. This is cut for Phil Go. Um, speaking of President Trump, he is... Uh, revved up the the name calling with you and now a new nickname for you is nimbra uh it's it's a play off your your birth name um then it's nimrod and he goes back and forth but a lot of people are interpreting that as racial zingers do you see it that way? you know i don't politics is not personal for me but what this? But what does, do you think of that? Is, I mean, what do you think's going on? It's what he does. This is what he does when he feels insecure. This is what he does when he feels threatened. I worked with him. I know exactly how he is. He starts. But he never did out. that when you worked with him. No, because he thought I did a great job, and he said I was tough, and he said that I was the best UN ambassador they ever had, and he always told everybody, "Don't mess with me," you know, because you know she's a killer. She's going to make sure that she keeps America strong. He praised me constantly, and we had that. But this is what I'll tell you about that: is this is why. We have a choice. We either stick with the same or we go forward. You've got, whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump, they take politics so personally. We can't have a country in disarray and a world on fire and have these fellas have thin skin to where they go and name call and do all of these things. I look at it as 70 percent of Americans don't want to see a Trump-Biden rematch for a reason. You look at the fact that both of these guys are going to be in their 80s. And we've got a lot going on. Do, you, do you really want to do that? he's appealing to that base of his that likes comments like Nimbra and, and all this other stuff? Maybe. I mean, it's not for me to sit there. That? To me, I don't sit there and push people away. No. I think that's the problem with the Republican Party. I bring people in. And what's happened with the Republican Party is they're deciding what's a good Republican, what's a bad Republican. Who's the right Republican, who's the wrong Republican. Do we really want to get that? Because that's not how you win a general election. There was a poll that came out yesterday, and it shows in New Hampshire, I beat Biden. Donald Trump loses New Hampshire by seven points. 
You look at the general head-to-heads. It's, it's going to be a nail-biter of an election. I don't know if we'll win. On a good day, Trump's up by two. I defeat, Trump, I defeat Biden by 17 points. Now, you, that's a Wall Street Journal poll. Trump called it a dirty poll. That was his own pollster that did it. But more than that, let me tell you this. Look at what happened last night. Here you go. And Trump has been saying all kinds of lies. He said, I raised taxes. I didn't. He proposed a 25 cent gas tax increase to all of us back in 2018. He said, I didn't want to secure the border. I actually passed the toughest illegal immigration law in the country when I was governor. He said, I wasn't for election integrity. I passed voter ID in 2012 when nobody was talking about voter ID. Um, so I have been, I was a Tea Party governor. All of, but he can say those things. But this is what gets me. You look at the rally last night. And he blamed me for not allowing security at the Capitol for January 6th. I wasn't anywhere near the Capitol. I think you met Nancy Pelosi. No, but look at how many times he said it. Then he's gone. Is that an old age? And then he's gone and said that he defeated Barack Obama. I'm not saying that this is a Joe Biden situation, but I'm saying... Are we really going to go and have two 80-year-olds running for president? He did repeat that a number of times. He repeated it over and over again. There we go. So, a guy done. So, when Trump sees that, I tell you right now, he's impressed by the fact that she's such a fighter. Mm -hmm. But she just came off as a serious candidate, taking on the issues and being tough. She was good there. Agreed. And then Brett Baer, and and granted, these are the questions. So, Neil, you know, he's teeing her up. But you you have to be aware of that, that these so Neil Cavuto is teeing her up with great questions and she comes off very serious. She comes off as credible and she's saying her piece. On the other hand, Brett Baer, who I think is usually pretty fair and it's fair, a a fair question, but he follows up and he follows up. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? And Trump has to. So Trump comes off as, you know, spending a lot of time talking about silly nicknames and silly things during serious times. So my two takeaways are, number one, don't take the bait, which he knows better, number one. He didn't expect it from Brett, I will say, mm-hmm. who usually doesn't do that. Uh, number two, at the end of the day, Trump, if he sees this kind of interview with Nikki, then he's impressed with her. Mm-hmm. And so either way for her, it's a win-win, because what she's saying is, if I'm I'm fighting this, I'm fighting this, then you you damn well better make me the veep. Mm-hmm. And, and that's her art of the deal. That's her negotiation to try to get the number two spot to tee her up in four years. So either way you look at it, I think it's a win-win hmm. for her in her mindset. Okay. And by the way, this is not racial. Clearly Trump is just a heartbeat away from calling her Nimrod. That's what he's trying. That's, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, We could have that by February. Right? Yeah. That's that's really where it's it's not anything racial. So there, there's there's two different observations I had. Um, first of all, once again, the the media seemingly rooting for Nikki oh, Haley. This is all a media. Totally. It's it's very it's 100%. it's now even more obvious. To your point, you have Brett Bear, straight laced mm-hmm. news guy. Yep. Very rarely offers opinion, humor, mm-hmm. anything, personality, just nuts and bolts, mm-hmm. basic information and facts. Yep. Cavuto, to the same extent, you know, largely speaking, although every now and then he tries to think he's funny. Um, so Cavuto both, is a little lefty, though, compared yeah, to the right, right. But both of them, like, almost trying to position it as if it's beneath the president to throw out nicknames and insult people. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, 
you talk about Nikki's personality, and she's well. Nikki is just focused. She's laser dialed in on the issues that matter. She has to be much like DeSantis because they don't have any personality. And that's what prevents them from eventually, and yes, nobody can beat Trump, so it's somewhat unfair. But Nikki Haley's got no personality. I think she does. I, I don't think she I does. I think she came off I don't think DeSantis pers- does. I don't I, think Chris Christie does. These guys are all just like so, ugh. It's no, like, I you know what they, they have their unique personalities. I, I really, I, I push back on that a bit because I just think that Trump pre-pandemic, uh, Man, his policies made a difference. I mean, I've never seen that. And even you played the clip of Jamie Dimon the Mm -hmm. other day, and we played. I I mean, Trump's policies made a huge difference in in the world. Well, he's policy and personality. Right? He's he's the perfect, he's the total package. But I'm not voting for a personality. I'm not. I'm voting for results. And he's a proven winner. But I think think one of the... The counters to DeSantis has been, I know he's a policy champion, but what did we do? We talked about his boots. We talked about his laugh. We talked about how he holds his hands, how he's awkward around other human beings in a bar. Like, we talked about, hey, you need that charisma. You need to be that really exuberantly, like, we need, you just don't have the Trump it factor. It reminds me when I was in sports radio, there was like two types of guys. And there's very rarely do they have both. Like there was the guy that could just talk sports all day, but God, he had no person. Like you would never want to hang out and have a beer with that guy. And then there was the guy that maybe didn't know as much about sports, but man, he put up an entertaining show. That's how I feel like it is with Trump and politics. Trump's the perfect package where he's got personality and policy. I look at some of these others and I'm like, okay, you might be a policy champion, but you don't win anybody over with your your stonewall, just vanilla, like DeSantis. Like, does anybody want to have a beer with Ron DeSantis? I could never see that. But I think Ron DeSantis, number one, although he's a proven winner in, in Florida, okay, and, and has been praised for his accomplishments in Florida, he's up against somebody who's a proven, proven winner on the international stage. Yep. And so how could he ever beat Trump? I think DeSantis is actually right of Trump with talking about mm. constantly his his cultural little little zingers. Oh, his, he's far more conservative. His, yes. Right? His yeah. woke and his book bans and blah, 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 blah. I just think DeSantis versus Trump, people look at Trump and they say, this guy pre-pandemic, l- look at what he did for the economy. Look at his, his issue with the border and security, and these are the biggest issues of our time. Yep. And the reality is Trump is a generational juggernaut, and it's like he's got a, yeah, full, he, he's got a force field around him. You can't penetrate him. He changed politics. I mean, there's no question about it. We talk about, you know, uh, politics being fun and, like, hey, at the end of the day, this is, you know, this is all uh, fun and games. You know, let's make it entertaining. Politics wasn't entertaining until he got involved. It, it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would, you know, talk radio would be sitting here talking about the nuts and bolts of issues. And whereas people, people may, you know, like that because it's actually what, you know, what gets stuff done. Right. It's not very entertaining. Right. You know what I mean? So, if you make a great point. I, if Donald Trump doesn't enter the political scene, I'm probably not in this line of talk radio. Yeah. I'm probably not, to be completely honest. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it, it changed brought my a cur- lot. He got he brought a lot of people over who are not yeah into politics. He got he me got he got me into more politics. into politics yeah. from a voting standpoint, and he got me more into politics for wanting to to do it 
you know, in the format that I'm doing. Yep. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, the backing of Nikki Haley and the money uh, that's involved, Wall Street, the Koch brothers, all that. Kellyanne Conway was on Fox News last night discussing uh, this exact subject. Uh, this is what she said about that. This is cut. Uh, she was in Bedford, New Hampshire, by the way. This is cut 11, Phil. Uh, go. And so Kellyanne Conway is asking the American body politic to pivot to, to the general election. But what happens if all of these rich Wall Street guys keep handing Nikki they money? Are. They still are. And I would tell them you're always focused on things like ESG and plan parenthood, this acronym, that acronym, focus on USA. Get with it because you already know that Joe Biden is raising taxes, increasing regulations, making us energy dependent, killing those Keystone Pipeline jobs, Jesse, on day one, and making us dependent on foreign dictators who don't even like this country and her people. So is she staying in for clout? I'm Nikki Haley. I'm going to take this as far as I can go. I'm going to stack up a couple delegates so I go into the convention with juice and leverage. Is that the play? Possibly. Juice and leverage, but also she's got a big future. She's in her early 50s. People will have to run again in 2028. Biden or Trump would be at one term. Um, But I think she's misreading the way MAGA looks at everyone else, which is on the one hand, you're attacking Trump. On the other hand, you're trying to attract his voters. She left the administration early. She left in September of 2018. That was a little early. And the reason I say that is just six weeks later was the midterm elections. We could have used her juice and we could have used her out there trying to campaign for those governor and senators. So for the sake of unity, I hope she will use a lot of the goodwill that she has built up to go out there and campaign for the nominee, Donald Trump. And let me say this, when he's stuck in blue city courtrooms, mm-hmm. I really hope everyone will be out there picking up the slack. Yeah, it's the only way they're going to do it. I own the prize, Joe Biden. He deserves it's the only way. Fire. All right. So she makes a lot of good points. I, I, I like Kellyanne Conway. And you talk, go ahead. If she's not, or if he, she's not being used in the Trump campaign, that's a, it's a huge disservice. I agree. And I think she really nailed it with just the three letters. If you are Trump or you're any Republican right now and moving forward, you say this, the left cares about CS, uh, CRT and ESG and DEI. I care about three letters and three letters only, USA. I think that resonates. It's simple. It's catchy. It hits home. And she's also made a good point about some of these donors. You talk about Nikki staying in the race. You got guys like Reed Hoffman that are dropping a lot of money. So you know she she's not leaving because she's going to run out of funds. We know that. Agreed. Um. By the way, that cabin they're at in New Hampshire is pretty nice. Have you seen that? No. Where all the Fox shows are broadcasting from. <laughs> no. My God, I'd like to go up there for a weekend. Uh, we talked about what's you know the Don talked about the serious things that are that are at stake here. One of them is uh, what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, a a reporter asked John Kirby yesterday, "What's the end game in Ukraine?" You know, it's a great question. Are we going to run out of money to send them? Uh, this is what he said. This is cut five. Phil, go. After last week's meeting on Ukraine here at the White House, uh, the Speaker of the House implied that President Biden uh, did not uh, articulate a clear strategy for Ukraine. So does the White House have one? And uh, what, quoting Speaker Johnson, is the end game for Ukraine? Uh, I can't can't speak uh, to what the 
the speaker has heard or read or, or understood from the countless discussions that we've had with members of Congress about Ukraine and what we're trying to do here. Um, it's it's been pretty transparent, and pretty clear. Has we it? Want Ukraine to win this war, as the president okay. has said. Yeah. We want a whole prosperous, sovereign Ukraine. We want Ukraine's borders, internationally established borders, to be fully recognized by everybody, and that includes Mr. Putin. Uh, and we want to be able to continue to give Ukraine the support that it needs so that it can, so that it can achieve those outcomes. And we've been nothing but clear about that. I mean, and with every package that's gone out to Ukraine, there's been a consultation with Congress. There's been a conversation. We've been very clear about this. Uh, and we have talked to the Ukrainians throughout this last two years. It's hard to believe we're coming up on two years. Mm. Uh, meeting their needs along the way, we want to continue to do that. Meeting their needs, a.k.a. just handing over more and more uh, you know, capital from the United States. I think, Don, you had it earlier, what, $44 billion yeah. in less than two years, but now the money is officially dried up. They're all done. Yeah. I mean, it's just constant. It's unreal. Poor Putin. I love how he says, and that includes Mr. Putin. He dropped in Mr. Putin there at the end like he was Mr. Johnson. <laughs> It includes Mr. Putin. All right, uh, that'll do it for what's on the cut sheet, part one. We'll come back and get to Don Stenzel's big three at eight. And then also part two of Conspiracy Corner. If claims of racism don't work, well, then obviously they are conspiring, they are interfering, and they are obstructing. That's the latest claim from Fanny Willis after she's been exposed as Fanny the Fraud. Kale and Company, as we continue next on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. You know, Philly sports fans love the Bet Parks app. It's the only casino and sportsbook app I ever recommend. Get in on all the action. Do it now. The Bet Parks Sportsbook and Casino app, the only sportsbook app that I ever have used. The Bet Parks app. It lets you play all your favorite casino games for real money and bet on all your favorite sports. Odds, bets, slots, and games right in the palm of your hand, right in your pocket. Play blackjack, roulette, Texas hold'em with a live dealer right on your phone. Play the hottest online slots right at your fingertips. Join me now. It's a lot of fun. Download the Bet Parks app. Great offer for new users. Just download the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app right now. You get up to $1,000 in casino bonus dollars back if... You're down in the first 24 hours. New users only. Casino bonus must be wagered. Terms and conditions do apply. See the website at betparks.com or on the Bet Parks app for all the details. Must be 21 in Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, or Maryland. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.